Well, hello, everyone. Brian Sussman here is The Brian Sussman Show. Thank you for joining me. I told you I'd be back on a regular basis, and it looks like I am. My last podcast was entitled Weaponizing the Climate. Let's consider that. That was episode number 154. Let's consider that part one. This will be part two. And there will be many, many parts to come. I've been fired up, energized, and excited to get back on track on this particular subject. And of course, this subject, it really does, it does blend nicely with my whole faith component. At the end of the day, I am a guy who had a radical transformation many years ago spiritually. I believe Jesus is Lord, and I believe that he is the one who created this planet And I believe as good stewards of this planet, we need to be up on everything going down regarding the weaponization of climate, the climate debate, separating truth from fiction, wheat from chaff, etc. So I am doing these podcasts to equip you, to inform you, to give you a side of the debate that you've not received. Some of this information has been written before in my books, Climate Gate and Eco Tyranny. And some of what I'm going to be sharing with you will be in my next book as well. No publishing date as yet. Let me begin where I left off yesterday and let's just talk about the need for these podcasts. Again, I've written a couple books on this subject, written a lot of papers on this subject, done a lot of podcasts on this subject. But my focus has been thus far and will continue to be several fold. First, test the theory of anthropogenic or human-caused global warming and climate change because they're they're this global warming and climate change are the same. I want to question the data. I want to question the suppositions. I want to question the claims made by its adherents. Scientific reason and scientific methodology demands that a hypothesis, in this case, the use of fossil fuels and the subsequent carbon dioxide release, creates a threatening warming of the planet. That's the hypothesis. I want to challenge that because a hypothesis is only considered scientific if there is the possibility to disprove the hypothesis. Do you see what I'm saying? A hypothesis only stands up until it's been shot through. You know, even, even a single hole, even a single slash, mar, mark. If a hypothesis receives any of that, you have to toss it. New data and information are available since my first books, since I started talking about this many, many years ago, to, to further test the climate t- change theory. And I think that's what we need to do in these podcasts. I want to be rational. I want to be reasonable. I don't want to be a a radical. I don't want to be a whack job. I don't want to be a a member of the tinfoil hat club. Secondly, and I don't want you to be that either. Secondly, I want to reveal how the original plan to use environmental matters as an effective tool to bring forth a global society cast in a uh, philosophical image fashioned by Karl Marx and Frederick Engels and their devotees has gained a lot of traction in recent years. So we're going to talk about philosophy. We have to. 
you know, I could, I could run and jump to all sorts of conclusions, but I don't think that's, I don't think this audience wants that. You know, it's just like, for example, if I could get spiritual for just a moment, when I oftentimes have debates with people regarding the lordship, the sonship, the godship of Jesus Christ, you just can't start at the very end by saying he's coming back to judge the world. If you want to have a thorough debate, I propose in certain situations, you got to take it back to the very beginning. And, and that's what I want to do here. I could go ahead and start talking about weather modification and climate engineering and geoengineering, which are the same thing. I could talk about aerosols in the sky, which... Uh, are are changing the weather on a regional scale and perhaps on a larger scale. I could talk about the, all that right off the bat, and I'd get a lot of uh, a lot of attention from certain people. But I think before you even try to go there, you've got to go to the roots. We need to know why people are so interested in using the so so you interested so beset upon using the climate as an excuse to change the way in which we all live with the new government system, with the new economic system, with a great reset. It's just like I could, I could come to this microphone and say, fentanyl's horrible. We got to stop fentanyl. Stop fentanyl. Stop fentanyl. People are dying. Kids are getting killed. They are. But the broader discussion is why are kids even interested in fentanyl? That's where you got to start. And then, then you could further down the line say, okay, well, how is this fentanyl being produced? Where is it being produced? Who's making money off this thing? How are they bringing it in the United States? See, this is a, these, are, these are big subjects. It's not le lecturing the fentanyl addict saying, you shouldn't be on fentanyl. Well, you shouldn't. But it's, why are you on fentanyl? Let's get to the root of this. Just like those of you who have been in, uh, who have been sober for some length of time, drugs or alcohol, you know, you know this, it's a, it's a big discussion. And you know when you do your 12 steps and when you, you know when you get to know the big book, you start to know so much more about yourself and why you're driven to drugs, why you are driven to alcohol. You see what I'm saying here? So this is a, this is a big subject. And over the next bunch of podcasts, and I have a feeling... I'm going to be doing these five days a week now. Uh, you're going to get a heavy-duty dose of information. And by the way, I'll keep these podcasts relatively short because I want you to listen to them. I had a discussion with somebody yesterday uh, regarding, aren't you going to do a video podcast? Video, much more, much more active, much more active medium, video. Audio, passive medium. Can I tell you something? That's absolutely wrong. That's the new mantra. People try to tell you that the video podcasts get more attention than the audio podcasts because the video podcasts are active. The audio podcasts are passive. That's not true. I've been in visual and audio media for decades. And I know the original theories on that. I know the original theories on all this. When you, when you watch something on television or on a computer screen... When you're looking at something visually, that's actually the passive medium because you just sort of zone out. 
How many people who watch video podcasts actually watch the video podcast? My guess is most of the time you're listening to it. You see, audio is two-dimensional. Excuse me, uh, video is two-dimensional. Audio, audio is multi-dimensional. It's called theater of the mind. Audio podcasts are much easier to produce than video podcasts. But at the same time, the audio podcast, it's theater of the mind. You're, as you're listening to me speak, you're, you're thinking a number of things about me. When I describe certain features of the atmosphere or whatever, you, you can use your mind to envision them yourself. So I'm, I'm very pleased to be doing these uh, as an audio podcast. I don't have any plans on going video. Plus, I've become older. <laughs> I would need makeup. I would need, <laughs> I would need wardrobe. I need good lighting. But let's continue from there. So I'm going to look at the clock here. Okay, we've been going for nine minutes. We've got plenty of time. In recent years, I'm going to say something that may surprise some of you. In recent years, there has been a warming of the atmosphere. I don't deny that. I'll tell you how much in due time. It's not enough to, no one on the planet could, could notice in their day-to-day activities. No one could notice that there's a warning, warming because the warming is very slight. No one would, the, the, the warming is not appreciable. But there is a warming. When you look at graphs, and depending on the graphs are set up, there would be a warming. So I don't deny that. And yes, yes, further plans by the world's elite bodies have revealed that they believe there is a need for a political and economical reset. So you do have a warming, and you do have people talking about a reset. So What's going on here? We're going to find the nexus of that discussion in these upcoming podcasts. I would also like to say this because my critics might be surprised to note that I'm not one of these guys who says, um, we'll, we'll try, what, what's the old slogan? Um, trash, save, save the trees, we'll harvest Mars later or something like that. Anyway, I'm not one of those type of people. Uh, You might be surprised to note, I own a small farm where I responsibly raise my own cattle for meat on a diet of grass in a pristine pasture that has never seen a pesticide. That's me. I have a spectacular organic garden which supplies my family with hundreds, and my friends, hundreds of pounds of produce every year. Um, My farm in this unnamed state Uh, is on its way to being completely off the grid. You want sustainability? I will be off the grid. And by the way, I still drive my 2002 4x4 truck, (laughs) which gets terrible mileage, but I love it, and it's incredibly practical. And I don't want to go spend uh, $60,000 for a new truck. And God knows I don't want to spend uh, even more for an electric truck. I would also like to mention that I do not believe my background in meteorology has any bearing on this conversation because the facts are clearly understandable to anyone who desires rashly digging into the details. Now, the prevalent climate narrative forcefully, it, you know, you've heard these debates. 
I'm going to get nasty. It's just a big food fight. I don't want a food fight. The prevalent climate narrative forcefully insists that unseen matter in the atmosphere above created via human activity and confirmed through crafty charts and graphs and photos and videos and rhetoric has caused a climate catastrophe. So that's the narrative, right? Climate catastrophe. You hear these superlatives, you hear this over-the-top rhetoric, you hear it all the time. Al Gore spoke before the United Nations. <sighs> was, was it the United Nations or Davos? One of the two back in January. Oh my gosh, it was just... He hasn't... His, his rhetoric has gotten more fiery. In fact, many members of the media just... All you have to do is go to YouTube or go to uh, a search a search engine and just type in Al Gore speech unhinged. That's all you have to look for. He, he is as, as wackadoodle as ever. And it's really sad because that, that language to me illustrates the fact that these guys have been backed into a corner. And that language also, as you'll find out, that maybe, well, probably in a podcast this week, you will find out that that language actually originated with some followers of Karl Marx, not just followers, but students of Karl Marx, who thought we could we can take the ecology, we can take the environment, and and with with fiery rhetoric, we can ramp things up to scare people into submission. That's what's going on. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the skies proclaim claim the work of his hands, says the ancient biblical proverb. I love that scripture. In fact, that's Proverbs 19.1. The heavens declare the glory of God. The sky proclaims the work of his hands. The problem is Al Gore's climate dossier suggests God has lost control of his creation. They would say, well, in fact, here's what's happened. The sky has been hijacked. Rulers and powers of all sorts are frightening the masses into submitting to a new world order. That's what's happening here, friends. I, I want to repeat that because this is very important for you to hear. Do I sound like I'm being unreasonable? Rulers and powers of all sorts are frightening the masses into submitting to a new world order. What more powerful way, persuasive way than to say the climate is out of control. Here's a recent example. President Joe Biden, he addressed the United Nations Climate Change Conference in November, November 22. And he insisted that the climate crisis is, quote, about the very life of the planet. Now, if that's not frightening over the top rhetoric, Two months later, the climate crisis was on high agenda at the exclusive World Economic Forum's Davos 2023 gathering. Uh, it was entitled, Giving to Amplify the Earth Action. The event was titled, it's a very odd title, but I'll fill you in in just a moment. Giving to Amplify the Earth Action. It was nicknamed Gaia, G-A-E-A. Now, right off the bat, some of you are saying, what? Yes, what? Klaus Schwab, founder of the forum, said this. We are at a tipping point in our efforts to put the planet back on track to meet our climate ambitions. 
to reach the speed and scale required to heal the Earth's systems, we need to unlock not only private capital and government funds, but also the philanthropy sector as a truly catalytic force to achieve the necessary acceleration. Now, what in the heck was he talking about? It's, it's all code language. You know, most of that made no sense to anybody that is listening to this. To reach the speed and scale required to heal the Earth's systems. So he's saying the Earth's systems are sick. They're out of control. They need to be healed by humans. He says we need to unlock not only the private, not only private capital, so that's, that's money from the business world, corporations, this is money from governments in terms of taxes procured from your pocketbook. Because he says, and government funds, but also the philanthropy sector is a truly catalytic force to achieve the necessary acceleration. Acceleration to what? Acceleration to a great reset. It's crucial to note that Gaia, G-A-E-A, was the ancient Greek goddess of the earth. The great mother of all creation Mortal creatures were said to have born, been born directly from her earthly flesh. Gaia is the chief antagonist of all other gods. Do you hear what's going on here, folks? When the World Economic Forum, and by the way, the World Economic Forum has a, has a codified partnership with the United Nations. When the World Economic Forum and the United Nations come out and call their their climate movement Gaia they are saying that we are God Gaia was the chief antagonist of all other gods so it's no coincidence that the World Economic Forum is using pagan religious symbolism to drive home their message of an imminent global emergency which requires a global reboot the entire system he said they have to heal the earth systems. For some of the most vocal adherents, climate change has become a religion. I'm going to give you one more quote here. This is from a guy named Jim Hageman. Uh, Jim Hageman Snabe. I, I, I don't know how you pronounce the last name. S-N-A-B-E. Anyway, Jim Hageman Snob is, Snabe is chairman of Siemens AG. Huge multinational corporation. He told the Davos audience this, quote, we just need leadership that has the courage to do it. To do what? The reboot. We need leadership that has the courage to do it. So you have Joe Biden, you have Schwab, and this other guy emanating a plot that's been playing out for 150 years years. So what's the plot? Well, that's what we're going to talk about in the very next episode. We're going to talk about the demand for control. We're going to talk about the very plot that started the whole thing going in the, in the modern era. It's a plot that was developed, I guess, first, you could say, in the mind of Plato and some of the ancient Greek philosophers, but it's picked up steam and it was taken by a guy named Karl Marx. Dun, dun, dun. So that's 
where I'm going in the very next episode. Please tell folks about what's going on with my podcast, which you should be able to hear at just about every audio platform possible. More on me at briansussman.com. And if you'd like a daily dose of spiritual inspiration, a daily dose of spiritual inspiration, okay? We, I don't talk politics. I don't get anything else but the Bible. If you want that, and I hope you will, uh, please visit me on Instagram at Brian Sussman Show. God bless you, my friends. Look forward to the very next podcast.